The other thing is when you get so much joy out of doing what you do, you release a lot of the resistance that comes along with trying to create success. Because like you said, you're like, I would do this anyway. Welcome to the Wealthy Woman Podcast. You're here because you're a high achieving woman that wants it all the success, wealth, time freedom, and genuine joy in your life. Hi, I'm Lauren, and I'm here to tell you, you can, you can have it all. But what is true wealth? It's not just money and achievements because success without happiness and fulfillment isn't success at all. Here, we're going to have conversations about creating a beautiful life alongside the success that you're striving for. If you want to create long-lasting success that's fully in alignment with the life you desire to live by working less, making more, and stepping into the version of yourself you've always wanted to be, then you're in the right place. Let's roll into today's episode. Hello, ladies, and welcome back to the show. I am so excited that you are here, and we have another fabulous guest interview for you today. I have Fadia Odish. She is a mom of three, and you guys get this. She has a three-year-old and two-year-old twins. So she has three children that are 15 months apart. She is a in her mid-30s, and she and I are going to talk today about following your desires, leaping into the unknown, letting go, and pivoting. Because what I found is that so often, especially as moms, we get into this routine of simply continuing on doing the things we've always done because we've always done it, because we've invested potentially so much time, so much effort, so much money into our current careers, into our current businesses, how they look in this moment. And that can really hold us back from pursuing the direction that truly lights our souls on fire and is what we're so passionate about. And I have always believed that you're going to create the most wealth in terms of monetary wealth and just in terms of wealth of joy and happiness and presence and the most success when you're following your deepest desires and your deepest passions. So Fadia and I are going to dive into that today. So Fadia, welcome to the show. I'm so excited to have you here. Thank you, Lauren. I'm so excited to be here. So Fadia is a pediatric sleep coach, but she just started that business about a year and a half ago. And we are actually both the same age. We're 37 years old. So she started that business around 35. And so I wanted to have her on the show to really dive into this process of what it looks like to kind of pivot away from something that you have invested so much time and effort into and follow your heart, follow your passion and forge a new direction for yourself. So Fadia, I know you were in HR prior to launching this business. You have your master's in psychology. So you were on a very different path than this not too long ago. And I would love to just start with you sharing your story of where you were, 
what happened, kind of what transpired to get you thinking about moving in this new direction, and then what ultimately led you to taking this leap? Yeah, absolutely. So I'll go back to even when I graduated high school, and then I went into college, and I was doing a little bit of journalism, I was doing a little bit of banking, I did retail, I helped out at the family business, I was basically jumping around a lot. And I had met with a psychologist who analyzed my personality and did four different tests on me. And we decided either I was going to go into the um, health psychology or business psychology. So I chose business psychology because I felt like I had a diverse background. And the minute, the minute I stepped into that career, I feel like I got a lot of red flags that I just kind of ignored because I was trying to push through and be someone that could push through all the obstacles, not knowing the obstacles were actually red flags. And I was ignoring how I was feeling deep down. And that was maybe I was a little bit uncomfortable or I, it didn't suit my personality, but I thought, Hey, I persevered. I went to school for six years. I got my master's degree. Let me give this a shot. You know, I kind of wanted to, you know, I wanted to start fresh. I wanted to be in a career and I wanted to be in a career long term. I've always looked up to people who've been into careers for 10 or 15 years. And I thought they know what they're doing. They're confident. They, you know, they figured it out, you know. So that's that was my goal. And that's why I had stayed in it for so long. And I stayed in HR for six years. And, you know, it kind of started manifesting in different ways, like in, you know, in my body, and I was just getting a lot of panic attacks. And um, honestly, the thing that really, really threw me off the trajectory and just made me think like, this is not for me, like the universe just had to put a stop to it, because I clearly was not getting enough signals or listening to them, um, was having three babies in 15 months. And that just made me a complete expert in just babies. Um, and I felt like this is something that I need to focus on. And this is something that I need to learn. And one of the things that I really had to learn was sleep because I needed my sanity. I needed to have energy to take care of my babies. And that's not something that was talked about at hospitals. You know, every time I would go in for a class or something. It was basically a lot of CPR or breastfeeding or whatnot. And there was nothing about sleep. And as you know, babies don't really sleep. You know? <laughs> That's something that you need to teach them. Yes, I am well aware. And I am a huge proponent of sleep training. I sleep trained both of my kids because I had a very similar experience. I watched my sister have babies before me and uh -huh. neither her, uh, she has three also. They're all a year and a half apart, but oh her first two did not sleep and her <laughs> second and my oldest are just like five months apart. So while I was pregnant with my oldest, she was in the newborn stage with her second. And I remember we were on a vacation together and mm -hmm. her daughter did not sleep at all. And I looked at my parents and I looked at my husband and I said, my children will sleep. <laughs> like mark my words, 
my children will sleep. And they they all thought I was crazy, right? Like, I don't think they had heard of sleep training, but I was like, I am sleep training my kids. They are going to sleep. Sleep is important. Like, I am not going to be, I'm not going to go through this. And lo and behold, I did it. And both of my kids, Good. you know, we I sleep trained them at around like four months, and it takes a while, you know, yeah, you know this, it, it takes, does. you know, a, a good couple of months really to get on a good schedule. But to this day, they are fantastic sleepers. And my, my mother-in-law and my mom are both like hands down to you, girl, like oh you God, knew what you wanted to do and you did it. But, um, Absolutely. yeah, I think that, you know, going back to what you were talking about with First, having so many red flags that you were Mm -hmm. ignoring is -hmm. that I feel like a lot of times, too, when we've been on, we have these ideas, right? We have these beliefs about what it takes to have a successful career, what it takes to create the kind of money and wealth that we want to create. We have other people's opinions. In this case, you met with the psychologist and you had gone through this lengthy process. So you have that in the back of your head of of this person told me this is what I would be good at, right? And mm-hmm. all those things create these these beliefs that we have about uh, around what we have to do. You had invested six years into this, and it's very hard to walk away from all of that. It really mm-hmm. is. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a similar, not not six years invested into a master's degree or anything like that, but I have shared many times that my entire childhood and schooling growing up, I wanted to be a doctor. I I did everything in high school mm-hmm. to get into a great college and do pre-med. I did all of the pre-med requirements in college. I also majored in psychology. Um, and mm-hmm. I was like three months away from graduating and I was taking oh the MCAT course. And I had this moment where I visualized what my life was going to look like if I went down this path. And I just knew it wasn't for me. But I had invested everything into this, right? And so Mm -hmm. that makes it very hard to walk away from something. And it takes a lot of strength and it takes a lot of self-trust um, in order to do something like that, in order to make a choice like that. So it is so easy to get caught up in these beliefs of, I have to keep going down this path because I've put so much into this because I don't know how to do anything else because I've invested this much. And then we start thinking things like, well, what else would I do? Right. (laughs) It's like, well, Mm -hmm. I'm not Mm going to do this. This is this is what I'm good at. What else would I do? So I love that you talked about those red flags and how you ignored them, but then how the universe always seems to deliver. So Mm -hmm. motherhood (laughs) changes you. No matter what, motherhood completely (laughs) changes you. So you had these three kids in 15 months and not just three kids, twins, twins, twins. Twins are yes. <laughs> a whole different level, um, especially the twins are your second and your second, right? Like the right. oldest was a single and then you had the twins. Right. Oh, gosh. OK. Yeah. So <laughs> so you so you had these babies 
15 months, all, all within 15 months. And mm -hmm. you noticed that there was this lack of support around sleep. So what did you do from there? Had you intended on going back to your HR career after having your first or after having the twins or kind of walk me through that? Actually, you just reminded me, I did go back for a short amount of time and this is right before COVID hit and then I lost my job. So it could have even been COVID had to knock me off my path even, you know, because <laughs> I had to stay home and my husband stayed home too. So we were both home alone and I got pregnant with twins shortly right after. So, you know, he was home for a year and eight months working remotely. So he was able to help me a lot. But yeah, I mean, just like ignoring all the red flags, like even at my first internship at USC, um, somebody walked by and she looked at me and she said, I used to do that a lot too when I got hired here. And I said, do what? And she said, stare at the window and wish I was on the other side. And I didn't think anything of it. But when she left, <laughs> she clearly meant that I was bored and I was staring outside because it truly felt like this is not what I wanted. This is not what I imagined. And everything I learned in school was not what was applied in work. I like the psychology aspect. I like the business aspect of it, but working in it just didn't feel right. And I wanted to stay on that path because I wanted to prove to myself, like, I can do this. You know, I want to mm -hmm. stay here, even though, like you said, you know, um, I have already invested all this time, energy and money into this you know, just to keep going. And um, when I became a mom, it's just, I realized like, uh, like you said too, there's a lack of support for parents that need sleep. And uh, that's just what I saw. I thought this is what I can help parents with. So you had, this happens so often, especially with very driven women is we have this proving mentality. Mm -hmm. Like I have to prove. And a lot of times it's, it's not even, I have to prove to anyone else. It's, I have to prove to myself. I have to prove to myself that I can do this. Mm -hmm. And that actually, the way we get past that is with a lot of shadow work <laughs> and understanding that there really is nothing to prove, right? Like we are worthy and deserving of all the things we desire simply because we are. We were born that way. Nothing has changed. We don't have to prove anything to be worthy or deserving, but yet we get locked into that mentality. And that was a mentality that I lived in for a very, 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 very long time. And mm -hmm. I would say it. I would say it to mentors that I worked with. I would say, I just have to prove to myself that I can do it. Like, I just have to prove to myself that I can do it. But when I ask the question of, but what am I proving? Like, what do I need to prove to myself? What is that going to mean, right? Because mm -hmm. the bar can always be moved and it always does move. So it's always like, okay, I have to prove to myself that I can make enough money in my business to quit my full-time job. Okay, I did that. But then I have to prove to myself that I can make six figures. Okay, well, I did that. Well, then I have to prove to myself that I can make multi-six figures. You know, it's all mm -hmm. the bar always 
can, the bar continues to move forward. So when you ask yourself, like, really, like, what, what is this proving about? Like, Mm -hmm. what is it? What is it boiled down to? Like, when I really get deep into that, where does that come from? And I know for me, and I believe I mentioned this in a, in a previous podcast, Mm -hmm. but for me, it came from this um, belief that I had that I had established in childhood that I was mm-hmm. not enough as I was. There were experiences that I had in my ch- in my childhood with school growing up where I just felt like I was not enough as me. And so I had to prove that mm-hmm. I was enough. And how do I prove that I'm enough? I prove that I'm enough through my work ethic and through making money and through being more successful and through productivity and through achievement, right? Like, so we get into this like proving mentality mm-hmm. that keeps us on these paths. And so when we, when the universe steps in, like it did for you and you had the baby and then COVID hit and you lost your job, sometimes mm-hmm. that's what it takes really to kind of wake us up if we're not really willing to look ourselves in the mirror and say, is this really what I want? And for those of you who are like, okay, they're talking to me. <laughs> yeah. The, the one thing I want you guys to ask yourself if you're if you're sitting in a job like Fadia was in, where you're like, I've invested so much time. I know this is not what I'm passionate about. I know this is not what I'm doing. I'm simply doing it because it's what I've always done. It's what I went to school for. It's what I have put all my energy and effort into. I want you to extrapolate your path out like 10 or 15 years. Like if you continue down this path for the next 10 or 15 years, where would you be and how would you feel? And would you look back and feel regret over sticking with something simply because it's what you've always done versus taking that leap into the unknown? Okay, are you sitting here listening to these episodes feeling motivated, inspired, and ready to make some moves? You've got that deep fire in your belly, that deep desire in your soul to courageously meet your edge, to create movement, to activate your next level because you know you've only touched the surface of what you're capable of. Are you ready to create the life that you've always desired, to embody the woman that you've always desired to be? Here's the thing, you know something is missing, you just can't quite put your finger on what it is. You know what you desire is possible. You're just not quite sure how to get there and what's holding you back. You've been contemplating making a move and investing in yourself in a major way, but you just haven't pulled the trigger yet. You're excited, you're anxious, and you're nervous, but you know in your gut that you're ready. In my mentorship containers, I'm able to quickly see the subconscious beliefs and patterns that have been holding you back from the things that you ultimately desire. The ones that are so deeply buried in your subconscious and your shadow that you can't see them. Together, we're going to investigate layer after layer after layer to expose all of the things hidden under the surface, creating resistance. I'm going to help you bring those things to the surface to examine them and release them. I'm going to challenge your ways of thinking, being, and doing, and I'm going to reflect back to you where you're being small, where you're dimming your light, and the things that you're hiding. And then from there, I'm going to help you connect the dots to get clear on your next level 
and then support you as you take those leaps. I'm going to hold you accountable as you ascend. It's going to feel exhilarating, freeing, spacious, like a breath of fresh air, and at times, scary and challenging. My one-on-one mentorship and mastermind are now enrolling, but spots are very limited. Click the link in the show notes to learn more about what these containers entail, or just shoot me a quick direct message on Instagram at Lauren underscore Francois to chat and see if we're a good fit for each other and which container makes the most sense for you. So, so Fadia, you found yourself without a job. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you have three, three kids and you're seeing that there's this gap. And so you're starting to think about, okay, parents need help with sleep. Kind of walk me through what happened from there. So when I had the twins, especially when I had the twins, I thought, oh my God, I already have, now I have three babies that are not sleeping. And there were three people that brought up a sleep coach and two were an online course that somebody recommended. And the other one was a person's name. So I went with her because I thought she was local. I don't know why I thought she was local. I thought because somebody that referred her was local, that she would come to my house and show me how to do it. Uh, she wasn't local. So that was like an area that I thought I could do this. Um, so she was very well known and she wasn't checking in with me. She didn't know how to deal with twins. And these were all things that I noticed afterwards. So this is where I noticed, you know, I could help someone that's locally. I could help twins. I could check in with people and she didn't really understand sleep temperaments. So from there is when I thought this is something that I can do. If I see, if I can poke holes in what she's doing and I'm not even doing this, then this is probably something that I could consider. So as you started thinking about doing this, Mm -hmm. what limiting beliefs came up? Like what was going through your head? Did you have to have a conversation with your husband where you were like, hey, (laughs) I think I'm going to go off in this brand new direction. I'm going to leave HR in the dust and my master's in the dust. And how did, how did that all play out? Because these are the, these are the pivotal moments, right? These are the challenging conversations that we have to have with ourselves and with the people around us when we're thinking about making these shifts and they are challenging. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So I brought it up as a joke. And I think there's a lot to jokes. And uh, from there is when I started doing a lot of research. And in the past, you know, I always noticed when people talked about what they were doing, you know, there is like a part of me that felt like I want to be doing that, but I don't know what it is. I don't know what I should be doing, you know, when you don't even know what you're good at yet. But I thought, you know, if I can spend time at home making this a master's degree, you know, studying, you know, everything about sleep and sleep with twins and sleep with toddlers and helping parents, then I can do this. You know, everything that I do is evidence-based and I use my psychology degree and I've even tried everything on my kids, you know, so I genuinely believe in my techniques. So the conversation with your husband, what did he, was he really supportive from the get-go? Was he like, okay, like, can you (laughs) prove 
yeah, you know, show me that this is going to be something you're you're going to be able to kind of grow and stick with or kind of walk me through that because I know this is something that holds a lot of women back is, you know, having this kind of conversation with their significant other, especially if they are bringing in a significant portion of the income. Oh, he was very, very supportive from the beginning. That's why I was able to voice it. And then when he would catch me reading books or listening to podcasts or reading journal articles and taking notes, that's when he realized, wow, you're a lot like me. Like you can get pretty obsessive with something, you know? And I thought, yeah, because you didn't see that part of me when I was working in HR. Mm -hmm. You know, when I was working in HR, there was no passion. And I always kind of ignored that too, as to say a lot of people don't enjoy something about their jobs, but they do it anyway. You know, that was a limiting belief that I had at that time, because that was something that helped me to maintain and to keep going and to keep growing in my career. Mm -hmm. Right. So um, the stories that we tell ourselves. <laughs> exactly. <Right>? Exactly. The <laughs> stories that we tell now. ourselves. <laughs> yeah, pretty so much. It, so it was like as he saw you really diving in and becoming so passionate about it, that mm -hmm. made him even more supportive because you were finding something that you loved, right? And our significant others always want the best for us, right? Like we want mm -hmm. each other to be happy. We want to be successful. We want to feel passionate about what we're doing. And so I think when you can really exhibit that, right? Not just like mm -hmm. talk about it, but show them like, this is what I'm passionate about and this is what I'm doing and I'm putting in the the work and I'm learning and I'm applying then it gets much easier and they they jump on the wagon even more and they're like okay yeah like go for it i know my husband is the same way like when he sees me going after something that i really want and that i'm really passionate about it's like it opens that up for him as well yeah absolutely he loves seeing that passion in me and you know, he was even giving me ideas and he'll help me with my reels that I make on Instagram. And um, it's been great that he's been so supportive and he did help with the sleep training process, especially, you know, with three babies, you have to help. You yes. Have to have that <laughs> second pair of hands. Oh, yes. Especially even with just one, you know, yeah, it's, it's hard to do it on your own. Yeah. And then having three that are all doing it around, you know, at the same time, kind of, <laughs> or you're mm -hmm. going through different like developmental stages. So mm -hmm. as you as you started your business, were there ever any thoughts of like, oh, gosh, like what if this doesn't work or what if nobody what if nobody buys? What if nobody wants to hire me? What if, you know, all the what ifs, all the negative what ifs that come into our mind when we're pivoting, when we're leaping into the unknown, when we're trying something new, did you experience any of that? You know, what's funny is that I don't even have those thoughts. I don't even care because even if I genuinely don't even make a profit or grow from this, I mean, yeah, deep down, I do want to. But I know that I'll still continue to help families and I still want to do it, even if I, you know, wasn't being success as successful as I imagined. 
I still want to do it. I still think that it's something that I'm genuinely interested in. And I just feel like I can't dim down this, um, I don't know, whatever you want to call it, or dim down your passion or your exactly your light or your knowledge yes 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 so so it's like it just needs to get refueled every now and then you know (laughs) recharged and I'm ready and and that's you guys what what Fadia is talking about is how we create true wealth true wealth and this is how we create success that feels easy is when we tap into these things that we are so passionate about that just light us up that we could research forever that we could talk about forever that we just want to share with the world because that's what's required for the kind of success that you dream of right because it takes work and it takes consistency and it takes effort and you're not going to put that in to the degree that is necessary if you're not truly passionate. And you talked about that, Fadia, with your old, with your mm-hmm. previous career, right? Like you go through the motions, but you're not putting in the amount of intention and energy mm-hmm. that is necessary to truly excel. But when you, when you are willing to pivot and you're willing to follow your passion and leap into the unknown, then you are able to tap into that energy because you have that that deep desire. You have that passion within you to keep going forward. The other thing is when you get so much joy out of doing what you do, you release a lot of the resistance that comes along with trying to create success. Because like you said, you're like, I would do this anyway. Like I would, I would do this no matter what. And so when mm-hmm. you're not tied to a specific outcome or you have like very specific expectations or like time, um, time stamped goals. It's great to set intentions for those things. But when you're, when you hold on to them very loosely and you're not so strictly tied to them, you release a lot of the resistance around creating those things that you're ultimately desiring. It's when we put pressure on things and when we create time-based expectations that we do create a lot of resistance. And, and so that's why it's so important that you're willing to make these pivots and you're willing to follow those passions is because that is going to lead you to the wealth and the success you desire with the most ease. Like when you're doing something like this, that you are just truly deeply passionate about, It's so much easier. (laughs) Would you agree? Mm -hmm. Oh, absolutely. You know, once you're genuinely interested in something, you're just going to discover endless opportunities to improve. And it's going to be in a good way. And you're not going to feel like it's a chore. You know, it just feels like I'm just adding more to my plate. And it's something that you're so excited about doing. So I would love to hear you kind of touch on that because I know for me, when I was at your stage of motherhood, so as I mentioned, Fadia's kids are three and two and two. <laughs> um, and I remember when I was, you know, in the baby stage and in the toddler stage, which are just super, super challenging 
challenging stages. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It was like having something outside of being a mom that was mine was something that really created a lot of joy in my life. And I've never been shy about saying that. I, I believe that sometimes, not sometimes, it's so easy to get lost in motherhood when we don't, it's so easy to make motherhood our entire identity. And for me, having something that I truly enjoy doing outside of motherhood was so healthy for me. Mm-hmm. So have you experienced something similar? Do you do you feel like with the ages that your kids are, this is something that you're you're excited to do when when they're sleeping or, you know, when your husband's helping out with them or, you know, this is like your thing? Absolutely. That's what I love. I love just teaching other moms and I love having something that I can do on my own that I created. And it just feels it just feels like home. You know, it feels like this is what I was meant to do. So for those women that are listening who are in a similar situation that you were in prior to starting this, where you were just feeling blah, right? Like you're just feeling blah about about your career, about what you were doing, and you were really just doing it to prove that you could do it. You were doing it because you had put so much time and effort into it, even though you knew it wasn't necessarily what you wanted to do for the rest of your life. What what advice would you give those women right now? Listen to your gut. Listen to that resistance, to that feeling that happens in your body after you you hear people talking about what they want to do with their life, to that confusion. Listen to that because there's something to tap into that you're, that you just keep suppressing and pushing down and pretending that it doesn't exist. Maybe you don't know what you want to do yet. And that's okay. I think we have such a rush to figure out what we want to do. And when you look at a lot of successful people, they didn't find out what they wanted to do until they were maybe 40 years old or older. That's, you know, Martha Stewart, Vera Wing. I mean, just to name a few And I always have that in the back of my mind, like, it's okay if I don't know now, and it can always pivot, it can change in the future, you know, just as our genuine interest change in life because of the person that we become, or, you know, like when I got married and had kids, that was completely different than my single life. And I always knew maybe I'll work and do something with, you know, either children or, you know, be a marriage counselor or something, you know, I had that in the back of my mind, maybe I'm going to do something else with my life. Because this is the way that I'm going. And maybe I'll stumble upon something. And that's exactly what happened. I love that you brought up this point about it being okay, if you don't know exactly what you want to do, because you and I are the same age. We're both 37. You started this business when you were 35. And mm-hmm. I know if someone had told me that when I was younger, I would have been like, that's too old. Like you can't 
you can't change careers at that age. Like you can't start something new at that age, but it's funny as you get older, you're like, uh-huh. wow, I don't feel old at all. <laughs> I feel like, <laughs> oh my gosh, I'm going to be 40 in two and a half years. And that's crazy. I don't feel that old. But I don't either. <laughs> but she makes a great point. It's never too late. Like you're never too old to pivot. You're never too old to try something new. You're never too old to you know, leap into the unknown to go down a new path. And I think that is a belief that holds a lot of women back is they're like, it's too late, right? Like it's too late for me. I'm that was something I needed to do when I was in my 20s. Like your 20s are the time for really experimenting and figuring things out. But I completely agree with you. Like I haven't really truly found my passion until my mid to late 30s. And I think there is something to be said about having kids too. like having kids changes you so much. It changes you on every single level. It changes everything about you. And, you know, things that weren't a priority become a priority. And you just, you grow and you evolve. And, you know, I think back to being 18 and thinking I had to know exactly what I wanted to do for the rest of my life. (laughs) It's just such a shame, (laughs) right? That we go to college and are supposed to make those decisions at such a young age with like little to no life experience whatsoever. And so if that's the thing that's holding you back, you're not too old. Like you're, you're absolutely not too old. In, t- in today's, in the way that business works today with social media and the internet, mm-hmm. you can create insane success in a year, in less than a year. I mean, I can't even tell you how many women I know who have started businesses and leaped to six figures or multi six figures in the matter of a year. Like business is just different now. It's different than it was when we were growing up. And even when we were in college, like I remember, I mean, Facebook, well, you and I are the same age. So (laughs) Facebook was invented when we were sophomores in college. So Mm -hmm. there, you know, like that's not that long ago. That's, you know, a little over, well, gosh, I guess that's, you know, we're coming up on 20 years now since my freshman (laughs) year of college, but um, you're never too old. And to think and to let that kind of a belief hold you back would be such a shame, especially with how long people are living today. I mean, I always like to say I'm going to live to 100. So I'm about a third of the way through right now. (laughs) Like I'm not even halfway there. So that is my intention. Um, But I love that you brought that up, that it doesn't matter how old you are. Like you can you can pivot at any time. You can start something new at any time. You can learn something new at any time. So don't let that be the thing that holds you back is, well, I'm just, I'm past the point of doing that, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, so you mentioned one other thing and, you know, I thought, I would love to know, have you heard of human design? I'm I'm so curious. I would love to know your human design. <laughs> you know, I think I heard you talk about this in another podcast or it was on your Instagram. So you guys, okay. So I'm going to get Fadia's information and I'm going to figure out what her human design is because a lot <laughs> of the things that she's talked about, I'm like, I'm so curious about her human design. But, you know, one of the things basically... Every type in human design is most successful when they're following what lights them up. But specifically, if you're a generator or a manifesting generator, you have to follow 
what lights you up. The difference between the two is generators are meant to focus on like one specific thing, one specific area and go really deep in that area. And manifesting generators are very (laughs) multi-passionate. That's what I am. So we like to learn about a whole lot of different things all at the same time. (laughs) So definitely that one. (laughs) (laughs) But all of the human design types excel and create the most success when they're living in alignment with the things that light them up the most. So you are always going to be the most successful. You're always going to create the most wealth in every area of your life when you are doing what lights you up. So you have to follow that. So there's one last question I wanted to ask you, and that is, what advice would you give to someone who's listening and is like, okay, I want to make that leap, leap, but I'm just, I'm so scared. Like there's just, there's so much fear. Honestly, I think where there's fear, that's exactly the thing that you need to be doing. And two, I think you need to keep breaking your heart until it opens just like the Ruby quote, right? We have to keep breaking it until it opens, whether that means keep trying things out that interest you and failing and getting back up or keep doing that thing that you love. And even if you're not doing a great job in the beginning, you'll get there. You got to just keep, you know, just keep in knocking your heart and until it opens, basically, you know, letting your true potential out there. Yes. And I completely agree. And I think you also have to, you really have to think about like, what is my ultimate vision and is the path that I'm on going to get me there? Like, that's the question that I always come back to is what do I really want my life to look like? And is what I'm doing right now, does that have the potential to get me there? And if the answer is no, then no matter how much fear there is, Something has to change because I always say like the biggest regret would be to get to the end and regret that I didn't try. Right. Mm -hmm. And so we let fear hold us back from so much, but really the, the fear we're feeling is just a fear of fear of failure, fear of disappointment, fear of not wanting to feel the feelings that we feel when things like that happen. Right. It's not life or death fear. It's not like I'm going to die. It's just, I don't, I don't want to feel those feelings. I don't want to, I don't want to feel embarrassed if something doesn't work out. I don't want to, gosh, I had uh, someone tell me something. Oh, I know what it was. I was talking to someone back when I was really um, in my network marketing business. I was talking to a woman about joining my business as an affiliate and Mm -hmm. her reason for not doing it was that her pride would be hurt if she if she did it or if she did it and failed. And I was like, that, excuse me, but that is like the dumbest reason I have <laughs> ever heard to say no to something. Like your like your pride, really? Like you're going to give up on your your dream, the vision that you've always desired because you're scared of feeling embarrassed of, of your pride. Right. And Mm -hmm. so I would just, 
I would just really extrapolate that out, you guys, and think about where you would be again, like I said at the beginning of the episode, 10, 15, 20 years from now, if you just continue down this path and what your life would look like in that process. And know that you're meant to live a great life. You're meant to be successful. You're meant to create whatever it is you desire to create. You're meant to live the life that you envision. That wouldn't be there if you weren't meant for it. So if what you're doing is not leading you down that path, it's time to take a look in the mirror and it's time to ask yourself, what's holding me back? And is it worth me giving up on all of this just to not feel those feelings that I'm scared to feel or to experience that failure or that disappointment? Because as Fadia knows, like, it, it's part of the journey. <laughs> like we all experience those things. We all experience failure. We all experience fear. We all experience disappointment on this entrepreneurial journey. It's part of it. And so, but it's worth it. It's worth it to be living in alignment with the vision of life that you have always desired. It's worth it to know you're going in that direction. So if Fear is the only thing holding you back. I say the same thing as she says. You have to just let it go. You've got to leap. You got to feel the fear and go and go anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Fadia, thank you so much for hopping on. I would love for you to share how everyone can connect with you because you are such an incredible resource for sleep training for singles, for multiples, I believe also for triplets. And mm-hmm. uh, there are tons of moms that listen to this show. I am a huge proponent of sleep training. So how can these ladies find you and get in touch with you? I'm on Instagram and TikTok at magic.sleep.coach. And magic is spelled with a J. So M-A-J-I-C. So magic.sleep.coach. Okay. So you guys, I will be sure to include that information in the show notes. Go check Fadia out. Give her a follow. She is a wealth of knowledge. And if you're looking specifically for sleep training advice, sleep training research, sleep training tips, she is going to be your go-to. So Thank you so much for hopping on with me today and talking about this. I really appreciate Absolutely. it. And I mm. I loved this conversation. I know this is going to resonate so deeply with many of the women who listen. And I just appreciate you being so open and honest with your journey and, and what that looked like for you. Always. Thank you so much, Lauren. It's been a pleasure. Okay, you guys, we will talk to you at our next episode. Bye. Okay, you wealthy woman, real quick before you go, if you found value in today's episode, please subscribe, share this with your friends, and leave me a review. Leaving a review is so simple, but I didn't know how to do it at the beginning either, so I'm going to walk you through it. All you have to do is whatever app you're listening to this podcast on, find this show, The Wealthy Woman, scroll down, you'll see stars, and with those stars, you can leave me a rating and review. I'd love you so much for taking the time to do this. In all honesty, the review 
reviews are what help the podcast get into the hands of other women desiring to create true wealth and manifest their dream lives. Okay, I'll let you get back to your day. See you next time.